Welcome to Tactical Permaculture. I've worked on projects ranging from the poorest to richest clients, from inner cities to suburbs to farmlands to remote wilderness, from the eco-war front lines to celebrity backyards. In over 25 years of service to the earth and the community of life, I've learned that in the fight for sustainable survival, growing is half the battle. Go to tacticalpermaculture.com for more info. You gotta train for me Because I'm training for you We gotta love, love And revolution to do You better train for me You'll be training for you June 21st, 2023, episode 65 I wanted to spend some time talking about the the behind the scenes of where I'm at with engaging with engaging with the outside world through the internet which is my 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 one and only interface with the outside world because of the level of the, the project that I'm engaged in and the level of, of isolation from the outside world. So I'm in this rewilding context I've been in a, a as much as I have been shedding habits and thought forms and they call it armoring emotionally of m- being in the hellscapes of surviving in Skid Row, being homeless and being able to to be gainfully employed and to be ed- somewhat educated and to be somewhat upwardly mobile, even if at a micro scale, but I was able to pull myself up by the bootstraps and, and ultimately escape and, and buy land and be able to live my, my permaculture back to the land dream and and retire early, at least for now, as long as I am able to maintain a, a trickle of, of income, fresh income. I have a nest egg. I own property. If I can pay my phone bill and keep my devices functioning, pay my property taxes, I have very little overhead and the more food I grow and the more water I catch from the sky in the desert it's I call it flood sport because you gotta it's life and death and you gotta get on it and you gotta do it right you can't miss a drop if you can help it and extending that capacity is the name of the game for me within my budget but basically I'm set up to be in very sustainable territory for the rest of my life and I I really only want to use this technology now to give back and help others who would, who would enjoy and appreciate the lessons I'm learning in this process to be able to give back to them and uh, yeah not trying to rock the boat in a big way not trying to get in a lot of troll fights on forums and social media I'm not trying to get a lot of attention from hackers and 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 law enforcement and anything else i'm 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 here i'm doing me trying to create value and i'm trying to be part of the solution not the problem on a lot of levels ecologically politically from a sense of national security everything that's listed in the description of this show and in order for me to have any hope of avoiding catastrophe really that jeopardize this very humble equilibrium that I'm in between technology and modernity and internet culture and information age and and just really going back to the most ancient and primitive relationships you can have with food and water and movement and exercise and rest and meditation and 
music and everything primitive that I'm getting back, that I'm getting into finally, after always just talking and writing about it for so long. And I get to do it in, starting in my early 40s with no distraction other than the distraction that I that I push myself into, which is to have this brand and to hopefully have a bit of an audience and a bit of support. And that'll help me further develop this property with permaculture and uh, and pay those bills that, that you can't escape. But what is what is becoming more and more critical to avoid catastrophe is me taking more responsibility the way permaculture teaches you to take responsibility for your survival. And that mostly means in terms of ecological and physical security, I now extend that more than ever because the stakes are so high for me. I got to really be... Um, as 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 much responsibility as I care to to take and therefore need to do the reskilling and retooling and education to to take on the responsibility to, for my own biological survival, my own physical security. That's that's tactical permaculture right there. But there's also cybersecurity applications and of the of those same ethics and the same ways of thinking and so it's funny that we in permaculture we say stacking functions and then in the tech world it's all about the technology stack so i don't want to do this too often to bore to tears the people who are in the permaculture movement who might listen to this or people in the tactical movements that might listen to this and derive the value that you may derive from it, but you're not necessarily tech geeks. I certainly am not a tech geek, haven't been a tech geek. I don't think I have earned the right to take that sort of pride in myself. I'm just a a wannabe tech geek, but out of necessity, starting as a, as a creative artist, musician, forced me to get to get skilled in managing websites, doing internet marketing, doing e-commerce and learning things like HTML and back in the day it was Flash and running limited degree of knowledge of PHP for running content management systems like Drupal and OS Commerce and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I managed to be in the tech sector pretty, pretty... Not, I was I mean I was part of some pretty successful startups that got venture funding and whatnot but um I wasn't I wouldn't say I was uh I, w- I was more of a creative guy doing copywriting and video editing and animations and just more creative stuff I wasn't a hardcore coder <laughs> so only within the last few years have I become more um hands-on at the deeper level of writing code and therefore I'm operating in my local operating system environment and my relationship to the to the cloud and to the servers that I that I administer as a systems administrator whereas before in earlier phases when I was more of the more of the admin end user of graphical user interfaces where yeah I could control and build and even sell and and maintain for other people website web development as a service web design as a service i was relying on a lot of sometimes not always well placed trust sometimes not always uh, not always well well placed trust in technology stacks that i really had sometimes no visibility into their quote-unquote black boxes or if it was open source code i had no literacy to be able to audit that code for the veracity of its security or privacy claims or compliance claims now i'm at a point where i am just at the beginning of 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 cyber security awareness and code literacy that 
the people who I am now being routinely attacked by because everybody's being routinely attacked by them they're the kind of people who were at my level when they were a a third of my age and at that time were sponges for information and full of pizza and Mountain Dew energy and candy and whatnot and then they could just be eating this stuff up and becoming world-class hackers that could turn the entire internet inside out in an afternoon from high school computer lab without anyone even knowing that they were doing it and yeah we you know we, we see them get caught here and there we see examples get made out of them but for every one that gets caught there's probably I don't know how many tens of thousands that are getting away with all kinds of digital murder and we'll never we'll never hear about it but but we'll feel it because we'll we'll read headlines it'll just be a mystery but uh yeah i i say that with all due respect to real geeks and hackers which i am just an imposter uh compared to but i do now feel like it is a part of taking responsibility now that i have more time available and no excuse to get deeper into understanding the under the hood nuts and bolts mechanics of how how operating systems work how the email protocols work and the internet protocol the packet protocols encryption and all kinds of different um moving parts that make up what we take for granted in in the everyday uh, goings on of uh, of making internet connections and sharing data and packets over the wire in that in that way, and now I'm at a point where um, I'm still nowhere near ultimately where I want to be, where I need to be, where I'm aware of the potential of being as an empowered, do-it-yourself. And they say there's they say there's a lot of different. They say there's malware that will figure out ways to infiltrate your existing programs in a way that they're undetected and they don't have to install their own new separate executable file or application uh, that runs in its own distinct application environment but rather it's able to exploit weaknesses vulnerabilities poor code that can be hijacked and taken over but still operating within a functioning implementation of a, of a, of a program that you're, you're used to using. So you would never know that it had been trojanized or backdoored or other, any other of the gobbledygook of the, 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 uh, the different forms of cybersecurity attacks. But one characterization that's used, they call it living off the land. If, if malware can disguise itself and live and operate in your system without being detected and appear to be just a, just one of the one of the innumerable moving parts within just one program is running in a million processes and subsystems and making all kinds of connections through the network to different DNS queries out there just this monstrosity of of almost impossible um, to 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 keep up with uh, complexity of any one given application, let alone a few of them or all of them that we all take for granted running uh, across the wire. You know, if, if anything, we we might see flickering LED lights on a on a Wi-Fi router, but for you to have to dissect that all the way down to the packet level I've gotten enough experience now in doing that packet capture and analysis and network traffic real-time analysis and 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 threat hunting to where I've been able to root out and and weed out from weed out the malware that's been living off the land and not by making another leap of faith which is by trusting antivirus software vendors who have also been known 
some of which have been prosecuted for having exploited that great privilege and power and responsibility that we hand over to them because in order for them to do their job they have to be given the keys to the kingdom and you have to invite that vampire all the way in with administrator or root privileges depending on your type of operating system so how many people are going to slow down and say to themselves wait a minute i've been burned by antivirus companies and I, which I have been, I've been burned by antivirus companies, I've been burned by VPN companies, I've been burned by free software downloads, and I've been burned every, uh, pretty, almost every way you can imagine, except for yet, I have, I have yet to be uh, robbed of any cryptocurrency in any kind of hack, and so... Hopefully you're not a trophy hunter and hopefully I didn't just put a kick me sign on myself. But uh, I would hope that if you are a black hat hacker or an enemy or adversary of mine and you might consider hiring someone who is a hacker for hire who's going to listen to this and understand what I'm talking about and be able to list all the ways that I'm exposing my weaknesses even by talking about it. I think that the for me the threat model is that I'm willing to take on some extra risk by disclosing a few elements of my security operations center, which I will get into shortly. The, 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 the risk I would be taking by disclosing any of that design, I'm hoping that the reward is that just by talking about it, it helps you, the listener, take the permaculture ethic of taking responsibility for your survival to that level of your your cyber survival, if you will, certainly your cyber security security hygiene and health, and um, and maybe just like permaculture would invite you to understand more about where your food comes from, and maybe start producing some of it yourself, or maybe produce a lot of it, or maybe produce all of it yourself. Maybe produce enough of it that you can share with others, and then eventually barter and eventually sell to others. That would be the idea of taking full responsibility of your, your technology usage. And I'm nowhere near writing a kernel the way Linus did to compete and create an open source environment that could be used where you have where you have true visibility to every line of code and you can have all of the hackers in the world either be making it stronger by attacking it or making it stronger by using it uh, in, in good faith, but everybody using it and seeing it creates a net effect, the emergent property of it growing ever more robust and ever more, ever more strong in this sort of, uh, this, well, what one hacker said to me once, without Darth Vader, you, you, Luke Skywalker is nothing. So I say to the black hat hackers who may be out to get me, Let's bow to each other and let's spar and let's fight and let's do our craft. And hopefully you will respect the effort that I put in to my blocks and my and my parries and my my bobs and weaves that I that I do in this dance and this this combative dance with you um, that you will uh, at least have some have some respect uh, for for my respect for you and in this dance in, in the sense of uh, in uh, Princess Bride the way that uh, Indigo and, uh, and and Wesley engaged in that fencing battle a duel between uh, connoisseurs and aficionados of a of a martial art form and that whereas they could have in in at various times. Um, either cheated or capitalized on a on a on a uh, a tactical um, um, failure. That there was so much respect for the art that that they were more interested in in developing a relationship and a dance, and that was how they how they were able to really be their best. So if that makes any sense, I don't know if that was just me <laughs> being, uh, um, yeah, wishful thinking, but 
but I, I really do. I mean, I know for me, I respect, I respect the genius that goes into people doing things now where I look at my level and I go, wow, to go from where I'm at to where I know they're capable of, I'll be lucky to get, to get, uh, a 10th of, 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 of as far along as, as where they're at. And again, a lot of them are a, a, th- a third of my age. So yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> I have an uphill battle for sure. But what is empowering and what I do want to transmit and what makes it worth the risk of even saying this is that the more we understand it as the end user, the less we just press the on button and just go 100 miles an hour without thinking of any of the consequences of our behaviors of what we click on or what we install or who we piss off, (laughs) right? That's the humility I'm talking about. Trying not to piss the wrong people off. And if I bump into the wrong people, I want them, like they say in prison, just show respect, don't stare at people, avoid eye contact. If you bump into somebody, don't make eye contact, apologize, keep to yourself, go about your business. That's 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 my attitude. And if anything, I will, you know do something respectful or if I make a mistake I'm gonna you know here's my here here's the best thing on my on my meal tray that I'm gonna offer to you because I accidentally bump into you and I'm sorry but I'm not making eye contact because I'm intimidated by you so with that said some of the things that I feel like are uh worth making a uh a report on for myself about this the sort of progress of my personal homegrown security operations center is that now that this show is justifying more uh more uh real-time security monitoring attention on my part because i'm not relying on trusting third-party security solutions um, to run by themselves without my being um, fully present and really really me me more being like I'm um, a pilot in a cockpit than just uh, uh, set, set it and forget it putting some automated process in place and then walking away from it so I'm not paying attention I just go oh it's on the, the 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 security machine is doing its thing and so I'm protected and so I don't have to think about anything. No, I'm actually I actually have an environment set up where my where my my multiple monitor array of monitors allows me to have a monitor dedicated to being that real time packet sniffing traffic analyzing log analyzing multiple multiple windows within one monitor and each window having a different segment of the data flow across the wire in various directions both from my local connection going in and out to my remote server to my applications running locally and the connections that they make to get information from search engines or from updates from their uh, their package uh, owners on open source repositories, operating system updates. I'm monitoring the input and output flows and monitoring the IP addresses and the DNS queries, meaning the domains that are looked up, for anything that is suspicious to me or obviously what majority of what Steve Gibson would call internet background radiation is just malicious, opportunistic port scanning and and malformed URL requests and and server requests that are trying to uh, spray and pray that they land on an unpatched an unpatched uh, local uh, sort of desktop user environment or server environment where 
they can ascertain from the ports that are open and listening which services and applications are running and possibly glean surreptitiously without too much uh, disruption of your normal working environment basically um, read your mail and look under your doormat for your key and rummage through your 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 car's glove box and look in your junk drawer and do all these things that a burglar would 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 do in real life on in on your home property or or in your workplace for example but they can do that all like a ghost in a way that they don't even need to open the junk drawer to see what's in it or open the glove box they're just am they they just have a an ability to see through walls or that they can walk through walls and they they they're just able to be there so it's almost that ethereal and you have to get down to the quantum you would have to get down to the quantum level to detect somebody who can float through walls right well in the computing space in cybersecurity and in internet space the equivalent of getting down to the quantum level, the atomic level, is getting down to that packet sniffing level, and and monitoring nef- network traffic because it all has to conform to certain protocols and it all has to basically show itself for what it is, even though it can obfuscate itself in certain ways. There are certain checkpoints that you can fairly reliably establish and therefore monitor. But it does require having a little bit, a little bit of a learning curve, and and implement having the skills. So, what's what I feel it's like now for me is almost it's almost like playing an old Atari game. It's it's almost like playing Missile Command, and so I have a workflow where I will use uh, I will use tools to 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 real time process and scan and filter I already have a lot of filters that I've written the code I've written the code to be able to filter out what I know is expected traffic the RSS readers that are the podcatchers that are trying to see whether or not I've got a new episode out those get filtered out of my threat monitoring display threat hunting hunting display and my the security tools that I use that are that are uh, external to the server that are routinely checking to make sure that the server is running properly so that there are security cameras on the security cameras if you will from other other servers and other locations making sure that the the server is not compromised and that it's running and uh, and functioning properly even when I'm not there logged in but I see it doing its thing so um there's there's a uh there's a cross-referencing across different um monitoring platforms and whatnot but filtering out the traffic that i that i that i'm expecting that's part of the security team if you will i'm i'm then able to monitor these deformed URL requests that are trying to exploit something, basically testing the lock, checking the lock. <laughs> they've got all these. They've got they've got infinite different keys to check to see if they can breach your your lock, or maybe the door's wide open, or maybe you have a window that's open. That's just they're just rattling your house constantly with the sound of trying different keys in every lock a million times a minute and trying to push open windows to see if they were left un, uh, unhinged or whatever it is, unlatched, that that process, that internet, background internet radiation, if you care to look at it, it's easy to monitor and do a, use commands that allow you to basically monitor the, the server logs in real time or your local network logs in, in real time. And then you get to know the usual suspects and what they're like the the uh it's like this being a zoologist or a naturalist of malware and you start to become it's like you 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 were looking at your malware zoo and trying to 
categorize and classify all of this, what would have just been noise, but now it starts to, you see patterns in it. And uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's actually, it would be tedious if it, was, if it was the only thing that I was doing and if it was my job to do nothing but just stare at the screen and be the human element uh, working with this array of, 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 of windows within windows and screens within screens showing me all these different, really like a, a cockpit of a helicopter, all these different indicators of what's going on. And if anything is going too fast or too slow or anything is unrecognized or or already known to be malicious and what things do you then that are suspected do you kind of put in a jail and block their access and then and then go and do research to see if other people have 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 flagged this ip or this domain as being malicious that's part of that's a part of the process too so I'm actually having the time of my life feeling that while I know and everyone knows, no matter how secure they hope to be or think they might be, and, and the odds are that whether you're a high net worth target or a dissident journalist target or a whistleblower target or just horse or your ex is stalking you or whatever it is, the probability is so great that no matter how current our updates are and no matter how savvy we are with security, it's always it's always advised to just assume that you are fully breached and act accordingly from there, which is to, from there, have solutions for air-gapping sensitive materials and using operating systems that don't do any writing to disk and there's a whole other lifestyle that I, that 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 uh, that goes along with air gapping and working offline and cold storage and offline backups and computers that never touch the internet and ways to transmit and sign cryptographic uh do cryptographic signatures um cryptographic signatures between cold storage offline computers that, that's a whole that's a, all kinds of other material for another time but for the sake of this I'm going to keep it short or, and cap it off around around this point and just say if you have if you dread taking responsibility for any level of your own cybersecurity the way you you dread going to the dentist um i get it i understand it that's that's understandable but uh i will i would just like to say the more the more you learn about it and the more you develop skills in this area the more empowered you feel and actually the more fun it is and this is from somebody who who was never a, a bona fide geek who, who went looking at code to me it's um thankfully it doesn't give me a migraine but it doesn't read to me like music off of like like a like a uh a concert pianist the, the music that the the musical notation is is like a, a masterpiece unto itself like that does not happen for me looking at code i do appreciate it and i do and i am developing a sense of of uh of awe and reverence for the artistry of it the more i'm able to implement it when i get the results that i want from it usually after fighting it for hours and hours and days and days but when i eventually get it to work the way i want to it's one of the most rewarding um one of the most rewarding activities i've ever engaged in outside of permaculture food forest gardening etc being having my hands in the earth if i have to 
you know, if I have to be doing anything uh, digital now that I have some feeling of more empowerment and understanding what's going on, it's actually it's actually something I want to promote. It's something I want to recommend, and I want to definitely speak from a place of uh, of. If I can do it, anyone can do it because I'm I'm really not that 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 I'm really not wired that way. I don't feel like I'm wired that way, but I was able to push myself and grow some wires in, internally, and 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 learn how to run some wires externally to where uh, I think it would be a civic duty now to to really take responsibility now that we're more and more being sucked into the matrix. I mean, we've got to develop some some matrix kung, kung fu, jujitsu, if, if, if we're gonna continue to, to put more and more of our secrets and our health data and our financial data, more and more of it in the hands of uh, Silicon Valley, move fast and break things, tech entrepreneurs a half or a third of our age who may have the best intentions but may be in their in their haste to get the next round of venture funding may be cutting corners that result in you or I having catastrophic damage done to our finances or our health or our privacy. So at a certain point, taking the power back, all power to the people, we're going to have to become code literate at varying degrees. And I'm, again, nowhere near where I want to be, but I'm far further than where I started in a far shorter amount of time than I thought possible. And uh, and I'm just here to say that the the most hopeful, positive sentiment I can share is that what you thought would never be anything but torture and torment actually becomes very rewarding and and a lot of fun. And it becomes, I think, a very... Um, there's ways that developing these skills have really been able to help me optimize and organize and be a more organized person and be a more optimized problem solver. So it feeds back into benefits beyond just being in a security operations center, computer, cyber, matrix, whatever environment that it, that when you unplug and you walk away, go back into the garden, there is a, um, there's a beauty to it, to, there's a beauty to the math and I will say, I will end on this this sacred geometry kind of honoring of the the continuum of the best of the artificial and, 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 and the best of nature and say one of my favorite sayings is someone who I, I don't know, I can't remember who said this, if they were the first one or someone just passing it along. But they said something I thought was very, helped me overcome my Luddism around computer science and, and math. And they said, that uh, ask yourself, is math something that is invented or is it, something, is it something that is discovered? And when, when it was put that way, and when I started to think about sacred geometry, and I was really at that time very, very um, at the peak of my, of my uh, excitement about exploring cymatics and the sound the cymatic science of sound waves and the patterns ge geometry geometric patterns of sound waves and how they can be used for healing and for stimulation and and how they could be used for harm if they're if they're deformed and and and, and weaponized and so that meant a lot to me that sentiment and that thought that thought experiment the idea that notion that math is discovered or ask yourself, is math discovered or is it invented? And if it's discovered, 
then it can't be really contaminated with that sense of, oh, it's man-made, it's artificial, it's corrupted by the fall from grace that is the original sin of humanity or whatever take you want to have on it. It's, it's, it becomes a singularity in the best possible sense of that word, which has a lot of issues. And I'm not a futurist, I'm not a transhumanist. But I, but I will say, what makes me able to, allows me to reconcile my Luddism with my techno-optimism is this idea that maybe math is something that we can discover. And therefore, it always existed, it will always exist. And the technology, the technological applications that we build using those fundamental uh, building blocks of nature, that it's up to us how wise we how how wise we we become or or manage to manage to uh, sustain how much wis- how wise we become and how much of that wisdom we can sustain across generations where we're discovering more about math and applying that with science and technology but can we do it in a way that doesn't leave the the earth mother earth a smoldering sig- smolder- smoldering cinder that's toxic and unlivable because too much too much technological uh, and mathematical and, and cybernetic curiosity really killed the cat and everything in nature that sustained it let's try to avert that catastrophe one packet at a time cheers Oh,